But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good evening. Welcome to NUFC Matters. That was a bit of dark art there from the amigos. A bit of time wasting. Uh, keep you hanging on. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of toing and froing. But no, honestly, lads, we, we, we never get an opportunity to catch up away from screen because some of us are all like, different parts of the, the world and different parts of the northeast. So sometimes we do have to have a little conflab. Uh, not about the show, just about life in general. So uh, sorry it took a little bit longer to get on, but here we are, as always, to kickstart your Newcastle United weekend and uh, with all your usual favourites and uh, quite a defensive week this week for you Steve Hasty. I'm sure you, you won't have you won't have heard about it because I know you're out working a lot but a lot of people um, I, I do every now and then once or twice a year I do a little chat about um, the show and what people want right. and what people like and what people don't like and it seems that people are getting a little bit sick of dogs mate um, <laughs> not sick of them they just feel that you might be getting a bit of a rough deal um, they think that uh, you know we, we should tone it down a little bit. Uh, so I've got a, a lot of dogs this week. I've got to be honest. Uh, which, but I, 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 we're going to tail it back a little bit. Um, people do want lookalikes to be a little bit curtailed, not too much, I think. But you know, the odd dog in there. I think that I think the stipulation that people have asked for, Steve, is that they look like you. Well, that's fair right. enough, I suppose. So, yeah. so, so when you keep saying that you want to tail it back, is that you trying to like? You know, is that is that yeah, why, why did you just give him a paw? I was giving you yeah. giving the dog a bone there, wasn't it, lads? Yeah. No. So 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 right, the other thing. You'll, have, you'll have everybody howling at that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounded like a bloody tail to me. But the other uh, thing I'm gonna do is I'm not gonna laugh tonight. I'm just following his lead. I'll, yeah. I'll be getting called I'll be getting called a bloody sweat. Boy, you could I'm get coloured for that. I'm gonna stop <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Okay, uh, as always, it's your show. Uh, you come up with uh, what you want to come up with. Um, there was an interesting one in the NUFC Matters uh, chat this week, though, which um, Keith suggested we discuss, and it's a good one, Keith. Digital ticketing mentioned in the most recent sustainability review by the club. Now, this was on the Newcastle United Supporters Club Facebook page, um, and it basically comes with a little uh, a little subheading, and then uh, this Digital ticketing will be introduced for the 23-24 season, significantly reduced the amount of paper. E-ticketing has already been introduced for season tickets, reducing the amount of paper generated. So, Keith described it in the chat as an interesting point for discussion, maybe. What about you, Keith? Uh, to be honest, I don't fully understand it. Um, I understand what reducing paperwork means, and I understand what e-tickets are, but... Um, I suppose where it led me to be, I, I was thinking if people who are members, because a lot of people have got memberships this year and they've signed up and the 25s and 30,000s been on for some games to get tickets, I wonder if an e-ticket and form for that could could stop the queues, where, whereby the queues could be done digitally and, and you didn't have to sit there and, and lose two hours keeping up behind people. As far as reducing paperwork, it's, it's the way of the modern world. That's where we're going, whether we like it or not. If you try, somebody once described to me, if you try and resist change, it's like putting your fingers in an old machine in the cogs and trying to slow them down. You get your fingers ripped off. So you've got to move with change. 
I think e-ticket is is one of the things that's going to come to us all. Um, the fact that the average age of this panel is, is about eighty, um, it, it's <laughs> maybe seventy, um, is 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 probably alien to us because what we do is we used to queue up for tickets outside of the uh, the box office and get the camp bed at the bottom of the gallery end uh, overnight to get tickets and and I, and I guess you do miss all that, but. It's the way forward, isn't it? Kids, kids are leading the way forward, and 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 you know, I, th- I think there'll be a lot of things, a lot of changes. I don't, I, I guess, Steve, when I saw it, I think I was curious as to whether e-ticketing could be introduced to make. The, let's suppose there's twenty eight thousand season tickets holders, and let's suppose the way team get four, and there's. I don't know, 26,000 left or whatever, or 20, 24. Would you get to the point where the people with the memberships queuing up, say, for, you know, maybe there's 40,000 comes on, could you use a digital way of fairly allocating them rather than, for example, touts getting them and doing that, whether you could, because I think it's first come, first serve, whoever gets on first. I just wonder whether there's a, a digital method of fair distribution because again this week I've seen articles where people on 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 digital social media have criticized have said I've been stood in the ground and I've heard a big crowd of people with foreign voices and you think and I think it was on your show with Liam Steve the other night where it was it was on Liam's show that Liam and Steve Wraith was talking about whether you know people from abroad are getting tickets ahead of people queuing up and I, I haven't got a clue whether that happens or not. But, but I wonder whether e-ticketing is a way of doing things fairer. You know, whether whether you put an allocation in for what games you want to go to, 10 games in advance, then the club notify you as being successful. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm not sure what advancements you can make, but is that your interpretation, Mr. Hissey, of, of how e-ticketing works? Is it, you know, I mean, I understand that they'll digitally send them out rather than send you a ticket form in the post. That's, that's what normally happens, but um, is, is, that, is that what I don't know, Steve. Uh, Keith, it, it's an interesting concept, I suppose, that you know the club's going to move to e-ticket and as part of some sort of environmental um, awareness or environmental savings. But um, I'm wondering when it was discussed. I'm wondering when they had the conversation with the membership. I'm wondering when they had the con- conversation with um, supporters in general. I wonder who, who's, how's the scheme going to work. Obviously, yeah. they've made a statement that it's going to be this, but then nothing else. It's just a statement yeah. that's yeah, yeah. In, a, in the newspaper um, or a, 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 something that the club's uh, put out to a to a member of the press at the press conference today. I don't know how it how the the story uh, broke, but uh, I mean, there's a few few things I would I would raise. I mean, for, you mentioned age there, Keith. Um, I presume for an e-ticket, you've then got to have have a phone. Yeah. So yeah. youngsters. Yeah. And, yeah. and and people, uh, elderly people who perhaps don't have a mobile phone, people who don't want to take their mobile phone to the match because they don't want to lose it. Um, you know, the people, you know, you, you've got no pockets, so you don't want to take your phone with you. You don't want to be contacted by the wife when you're at the match. You don't want to be contacted when you're before the game, after the game, so you don't take your phone. Um, how, how does that operate? Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of older people have phones that don't allow fo- like you know like digital well, photographs. Exactly. Well, if your fo- if your phone doesn't have a screen, um, you know, and it's 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 uh, one of the old Nokia style phones, um, you know, they, they were <coughs> they were 
with kids as well. Not that you know that type of thing. There's there's a, there's lots of questions that that you know would have been raised if they'd had some sort of um, conflab and dialogue with the fans. But I'm not aware of any dialogue that's taking place. I'm sure somebody might come up on the uh, on the forum and say, yeah, they've had a discussion with this fan group and that fan <clears> group. This member of the trust, that member of the trust. Um, maybe it's the trust are still wrapped up in an election, that second election in six months. Um, maybe, it's, maybe it's because of that. There's, uh, there's no dialogue taking place. I honestly don't know, Keith, uh, what the answer right. is. But uh, it, it is, it's, a, it's a big change. Somebody mentioned there that they like to collect tickets. You know, that, that, that's something that's no longer going to happen. Um, yes, we've seen it with away tickets before, you know, and we've seen it also with, with certain sections of the of the of the ground at the moment where you know I, I i drive people into the match sometimes in the um in the corporate area and they get an e-ticket uh, they don't get a paper ticket or or anything like that they just they're just told there's an e-ticket for you and just show them when you when you get to the ground that type of thing because they're in a in a group or they're part of an executive box or something like that um and they've they've usually come from overseas as well as you as you mentioned there but uh, yeah, a lot more questions and answers, I think. <laughs> that, yeah. that, I think not, that for everybody around the table. Does it not like? Does it not give more chance of fraud? Does it, it's not easier to sell somebody an e-ticket online that's that's made up than actually physically say, "Take me ticket and or take me membership card." Well, I mean, again, this is this is the, the, obviously e-tickets are used by other clubs, and I'm sure they've got a system mm-hmm. that that reduces the risk of fraud and, yeah, and that type of absolutely. thing. But, you know, it'll, it'll, this will I, all come I would say there's, there's probably things in place which make it less likely to, to suffer. Right, right, right. You know, look, when I come back from the Carabao Cup, for the Carabao Cup, I flew all the way from Dubai to Stansted with a QR code on my phone. I then got the Stansted Express into London to meet the lads with a QR code on my phone. Mm. And the only bit of the whole process and the whole weekend that I needed a physical paper, paper ticket for Webby. was to get into Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, and and this it's got to be the way to go. Sorry, yeah, it, yeah. It, it has it has yeah. to be for me. Yeah. Surely yeah. the the other thing Keith said about to get that. Um, the got a system that could do lots of things with the data, couldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, and here is. It's not I mean, it, you know, it won't break it up. All right. Yeah, you know, go for it, George. Yeah. People, go go people for it, George. Speak. Well, just um may understand as once all the data is in the system, uh, they could handle things like queues and what have you. So I don't think that would yeah. be an issue. It's not not for me, my understanding. The, the, the challenge with e-ticketing for me would be having every club, if it was for away games in particular, using the same systems. And how does that work? Because if you've got different yeah. clubs using different systems, you, you might have a challenge. You know, if, if you're relying on screens of phones to carry QR codes to let you in through a turnstile, well, that happened with the tickets at Leeds last season. And now look at what we're getting this season because... People were getting stuck. I think Josh got stuck in it in one of the turnstiles for 15 minutes. That must have been bloody petrifying. I wouldn't have been happy in that. Mine, I'm twice his bloody size, but still, you know, um, it, 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 it's just, 
you, it takes a lot of coordination and every club must have to be on board with it to do this. Um, but it seems to be the way to go because it seems a nonsense that I can go through security checkpoints at airports and then onto a train and get all the way into central London from Dubai without having produced a paper ticket at any stage. And then the only thing I need a paper ticket for is the event I'm going to. Football. Um, and, and it's like, football's always the late adopter. That's why you're still using fax machines, you know, for, for transfers and things like that. But what always seems to be that football, particularly football in England, is a late adopter of technology where technology could help them a lot. Um, I suppose, I suppose one of the things they could do with with an e-ticketing system, um, and it's obviously you've got your supporters, you've got your your season ticket holders where you've got your card every game uh, that's just automatically uh, programmed. But for this, and, and I think that's something that Keith was trying to, to to get out there. There's no reason why every member couldn't have when they as part of their membership a little tick box that says, "I want to apply for every game." I want to, because most members, I would imagine, would. You know, you could tick a box and say, I, "I want to be, I want, I want a ticket for every game." So I want to be in the raffle, and then, then mm. the club could then probably, as you say, more fairly distribute those those tickets on a on a game by game basis. So you know, that, that if thirty thousand people have applied, then you're one of thirty thousand every single time. But you're moving along, you're moving up the queue or whatever. You know, so it doesn't just become a big raffle or a you know who who could press the button the quickest or who could have the the most um, screens up whether it's on a, an iPad a phone a laptop uh, the wife's phone whatever yeah. so there's there's that that the club could then use if they wanted to make a, the distribution a little bit fairer um, but what, whether that again whether that's a conversation to be had or a conversation that they've already had and either accepted or dismissed we don't know it's it's just me coming off the top of top of my head thinking well what would the benefits be what additional benefits would there be other than saving a load of paper um and and helping the environment in that respect what about from the other aspect how will it me- how will it help members who wish to go to a game and wish to be part of the application process and will it streamline it, make it a little bit easier, make it a little bit fairer. Because I did see somebody on Twitter just today who said that they've been a member all season, they've applied for a ticket for every game and have yet to get to a home game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a, that that's perhaps something that needs to be thought about. He paid his 35, 40 quid, but he, hasn't, he says he hasn't had... Um, and hasn't been lucky in the ballot for tickets when they've come on sale because he either couldn't get to a laptop or he, he just got he just got stuck in a queue of eighteen thousand and it never budged. So you would think you would think, Steve, as well. I bet you could use e-ticketing and a digital framework to eradicate touts better. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and to make make the for example, when people have to return tickets. That then suddenly becomes an easier thing to do. Yeah, yeah. There's no physical rocking up at the box office with a bit of paper. Yeah, you know, and 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 I think that is significant. From there are so many more things you can do in a digital format. Um, that you know makes things a lot easier and gives more options. Mm-hmm. However, like like I say, for for um. Stu, <laughs> um, 
Everything's digital, mate. <laughs> Chip and pin. Um, sorry, honestly. Um, yeah, there's more options in a digital format to do many different things to make life easier for everybody applying for tickets. However, it's not just about what we do. It's about what other clubs are doing and making sure it's all coordinated and cohesive. And football has a history of showing that when push comes to shove, it's 92 individuals. It's not never a we. You know, and, and, and yeah. so I think that's the, some of the challenges that we've got going on with it. it, it it's wonderful lip service to say, look how green we're going to go and we we're going to be ticketless. However, if it creates more of a clusterfuck than it solves, then we've got a problem. Um, and, and it needs to be thought through and not rushed in. Lots of uh, lots of people Can saying in the chat. Sorry. Lots of, two seconds, George. Lots of people in it's the right. chat saying um, talking about the internet, which is the biggest problem at St James's Park. You know, the, 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 there's a lack of Wi-Fi within within the ground, and uh, you know, yeah. I think there's about fifteen people made that very same point and unless they sort that out then it is going to be a nightmare but overall i'm afraid people don't like change it's something which everybody's doing now um you know you know everybody is is bringing this in you know and it's it's going to happen so i'm afraid those people who don't have the option will have to get a relative to maybe print the ticket off and show the ticket at the at the ground, the, the thing that the club are trying to wipe out is them making tickets, printing tickets off, which you can understand. Yeah. So when you go yeah. to a concert now at the arena, you get a relative, um, you, you send them the email, they print it off, and that you know jobs are good, and you go and take it. That that's what happens. Go on, George. Uh, just to go back to the uh, ticket stub souvenir idea, um, I've been doing a little bit of research in, in, in line with the thing I do for Steve. And some of the things you see on uh, 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 eBay and places like that, some of the ticket stubs of our more important matches, like the uh, uh, Fairs Cup match, you know, people are looking for twenty quid for them, just for mm -hmm. a ticket stub, and 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 getting it, you know. So so I can understand what people are saying is that they like they like the souvenir bit. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. I mean, you know, people's drawers will be full of like tickets from days gone by, you know. Um, but that's uh, it's going to become a thing of the past. I mean, you know, we're, we're moving on. Technology changes, and, and I'm afraid that's it. You know, there'll be other ways of getting souvenirs, programs. Um, as long as they're relevant, it'll be souvenirs. But I dare say, eventually, that will go digital as well. You know, because printing a program is has become it's you know it, how many people go and buy a program a lot of the corporates get one for free how many actually go and collect it i never go and collect mine in the platinum club when yeah. i'm in there um yeah, it, things change go on steve you've got i was going to say a lot of a lot of uh, efl clubs no longer have programs um because of the expense the expense of printing them out so they did away with programs um it's exactly the same in the in the in the northern league you know in in, in i think in the in the lower leagues and in, in the out of the and lower down the pyramid, the, the program tended to be something that was just produced by an avid fan who who did it as a hobby. Um, I mean, it's it's the, the other the other aspect of it is that, that that interests me is the dialogue or the lack of and and who they had the dialogue with. And yes, they made they've made a decision, but now how are they how they're going to implement it. And as for the Wi-Fi, well, 
as Mitch says, it's a QR code. You don't actually need the Wi-Fi for the reader. It's just you've got the QR code and you and you press it up to the reader. Exactly the same it is with with the with our season tickets when we when we we get it zapped as we go in. And exactly the same way as uh, your 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 phone. Um, they don't seem to have any problem with the Wi-Fi when it comes to actually uh, allowing you to buy beer or or crisps or or coffee or whatever. So uh, you know that that aspect of the Wi-Fi. Um, I think more people are worried that they can't, they can't they can't actually use their phone to get messages and send messages. And we were having this conversation on on Sunday um, at the match, and we we're saying, uh, "Have you noticed how uh, you no longer get the messages coming up telling you that uh, somebody's got a report to the RVI maternity hospital because the wife's having a bed?" And then the lad behind us who we were chatting to, and he went. Well, you think it would be even worse now, he says, because he wouldn't get a signal to get a message from the wife. That's right. That. That's right. That's right. But they say it's blockers, isn't it? That's what they say. Yeah. Mike Ashley put them in. To stop betting, isn't it? Is it stop the... That's yeah, what it's Mike to... Ashley to stop us saying bad things about him when he was there, isn't it? Uh, I got to, I, I got to, I got told more realistically. It's to stop people uh, putting a bet on to say Newcastle all that, over that, somebody. So, so that, that has to be delayed. Team, if they back the team, I think it's to stop you saying, "Look at the all over <laughs> Southampton." Get a bet on Newcastle to score next. I think, I think Keith, that has to be a delay. Like there is a bit it, it, uh, race courses as well, right? Because right. You, you could, you can have. Yeah. Fractional delays in terms of broadcast, for well, example, if you, if you look on look on the IPTV that I use out here, uh, and sometimes get a Newcastle game or any game on it in four different streams, and they're all at a different time, they're all at a different point yeah. in the game, and it's not never by more than twenty seconds, yeah. but for for smart people, that's enough to make a bet. That's enough to make a difference. That's enough yeah, right. time. That's enough time for Joe Walker to send you a message to get in there, and you still <laughs> yeah, sit watch, exactly. you still sit watching the match. And Joe's telling you they've just scored. <laughs> I think there was a case in the West End, though, wasn't there? A couple, quite a few years ago now, where uh, uh, a couple from the Far East were murdered, and it transpired uh, as part of the prosecution case that they were involved in some gambling scam over in the Far East, where they were they were immediately sending the message to say that there'd been a goal at a game. And then the, the money was being piled on at the other end. And it, that was all of a sudden something went wrong. There was loads of money left, according to the, if I remember rightly, uh, loads of money lost. And then uh, some triad came along and, and chopped them up or something, you know? This is this is exactly I thought, what I thought, you, I thought you were going to turn around and say they found out he was dead and they put a bet on it for you. No, no. I'm going to die in the next five minutes. <laughs> no, God, what's he like? <laughs> Okay, lots of uh, comments coming in in the chat. Let's change uh, subject. Uh, Eric, this is a good one, actually, and it was on my list of potential talking points. What do you think of this Tyndall carry-on? It's going on a bit far, don't you think, says Eric. Uh, yeah, Mad Dog Tyndall. Mitch, start with you on this one. Mad Dog Tyndall. Um, basically, uh, Eddie Absolute. was asked about it in the press conference today. Absolutely love it, and let's have more of it. Sorry, like, ignore damn the torpedoes, crack on, keep doing what you're doing. It if they're talking about you, you're doing it right. If they're whinging about you, you're doing it right. It even got a message on American television with when Eddie Howe was interviewed on American TV. If anybody's seen the clips on YouTube, 
you know, and, and, and not in so much, not in quite in such a in your face way, but the, you know, the, the hints and insinuations were still there. Dark arts, my arts, everybody does it. What they found is somebody who was sublime at it, and they're all jealous. And you know what? Keep winding them up because if they're talking about Tyndall, they're missing things on the pitch. If they're talking about Tyndall, they're missing what the house doing. If they're talking about Tyndall, that they're missing so much. And if and he's quite happy, and I'm quite sure he's quite happy, just from the look in his eyes, to be front and centre of all of this. And and uh, it's not just dark art; it's pure alchemy. And let's have more of it, lads. <laughs> Steve, uh, well, it's just it's just something else for to be for to be talked about, and uh, it's keeping the press happy as well, isn't it? It's keeping social media happy. It's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a nothing tale, nothing story. You know, a bit of fun, a nickname that that's been conjured up, I think, among the squad. Um, and then it, it, some certain members of the fan base hooked onto it quite a while ago. Um, I think one of the players described him as that once. And now all of a sudden, the national press have have, have decided, well, they can't do it on time waste anymore because they've proved that Arsenal waste more time than us and did in the last game. So now let's see if there's something else we can get. And that they don't want to they don't want to blame Eddie Howe. So that like, well, let's go for his number two. Let's say he's the man who's doing all this. You know, he's he's the he's the joker in the pack, if you like, that we can we can then throw something at. Because they're all desperate to, to get to get us on something, aren't they? They're all desperate to do something to rock the boat. We we heard them last week doing exactly the same. Um and I thought that it'll probably come up later on when we talk about the game tomorrow. But I I, I thought Fat Sham's uh response to the time wasting story uh, was absolutely brilliant. I thought he nailed it <laughs> absolutely, you know. Who said it? He does it. Who said it? He does it. Who said it? He does it. We all do it. You know, just a little bit of honesty for once, but a great way to kill a conversation, a great way to kill the, kill the story because he doesn't want to be accused of himself either. Uh, and he knows he's playing us tomorrow. So he'd probably be using exactly the same dark arts if they happen to be leading with five minutes to go. And he'd probably be screaming if we're doing it and we're ahead with five minutes to go. So all good stuff. Did you good, good, point from, good point from Eric here. He goes, are you, are you not worried, though, that Tyndall now can't act himself if the cameras and social media are constantly on him? Which is a good point. I mean, look, Eddie Howe talked about it today um, in the press conference. He, he said that had a, a half an hour chat and had a good laugh about it. Um, and then he explained, you know, he says, we've been together for a long, long time. And, you know, from, from my perspective, we know each other's strengths, we know each other's weaknesses, and we know our own strengths and weaknesses is more or less what he was saying. And I understand that my job is to, to you know, to set out the training schedule and to, to do the team talks and to, you know, to, my, my job is to watch the game and go in at half time and say what I need to say. He says, each of the each of the coaching staff have their own positions and have their own, you know, we're all on the same team sheet, but they all have their own jobs to do, is what he said, Steve. So, you know, I don't think yeah. they'll be worried. I don't think that, I don't think there'll be any change. The cameras are on these people, and if he breaks the rules, he'll get punished. Exactly. And I think Tindall's part of Tindall's job is to protect Eddie Howe. He's there as his number two. He's the yeah. buffer, you know. So, you know, if the manager gets into trouble, then it can really, really affect the team when it's one person, one one place down from the manager, then it yeah. maybe doesn't affect the team as much. It just takes that little bit of pressure away. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, George, I mean, you know, that 
if it's not if it's not dark arts, it's uh, Tyndall's Tyndall's overshadowing uh, how you know. Again, it's just a it's another media hoo ha and social media yeah. hoo ha. And I like the way that he described it because there's been a there's been a Twitter account set up apparently, which is something along the lines of Jason Jason Tyndall. I'm I'm, I'm you know is loves himself so much or whatever it was called and and you know it wants to be the center of attention and he said do you want to be the center does he want to be the center of attention he said well he's actually a good looking guy and when he says when he gets his photograph taken he's got a nice smile um but which I, it was all good banter but i mean he says I, I don't do social media myself and he said um you know he says he says we get sent a lot of these things and he says jason's been sent a lot of these things and he's taking it and he's taking it in the spirit that it should be taken i guess well, as, as the old hand on here, I've got to say what I love about it is they're talking about Newcastle United. And that's what I want people to do, to talk about my football club, because it's bloody great. And if, and if uh, Tiddle doing that gets them talking, well, as Neil said, let's have more of it. Don't, don't shy away from it. Don't, don't uh, let them say that they've, uh, they've pushed you down or they've crumpled away. Just have a go at it. Keep doing it. And... Uh, it takes the weight off uh, of Eddie Howe. It takes the weight off players. Uh, you know, they'd be fishing around to get players. It takes the weight off players a little bit. Um, but for me, the most important thing is it's got them talking about Newcastle United. And that, that, that's so important. I think the, the more they're talking about us, well, fine. Uh, and it, it just, it, it's, uh, it's not the sort of chat that would upset the players on, on the field or in training. In fact, they'll be having a quiet laugh about it, most of them, I would guess, you know, about Mad Dog. They'll, they'll be pulling his leg mercilessly. But it'll be good banter. It'll be positive banter. So, yeah, do it and uh, we'll give you more just to satisfy you, is, is how I would put it. Um, uh, it's, uh, it, it's very positive for me. Because uh, it means that, that if they're talking about us, they're not talking about anybody else. Oh, yeah. Keith, your thoughts? Um, well, it looks like you put me on the tail end of this conversation. Um, hey! hey <laughs> stop mentioning dogs! Mad dog fantasy. And then you're sitting there, you're going on about mad dogs. And you're saying, <laughs> don't, 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 mention this, don't mention this on the show tonight. And then you put but to be honest, with Tyndall, with Tyndall and Eddie Howe, mate, I expect to win a lot. I think I'm getting the rough end because I'm sitting first next to you, Mr. Wraith, and then he's put this back to front. So I think it's a bit dodgy, but I'll tell you where I come from. I'll tell you where I come from. Um, I come from an era where I, where I watched people like, you know, and I'll name a few, John McNamee, um, Billy Whitehurst, Brian Kilkline, and then, and to a lesser degree, like Barry Venison, where they just take you off waist tight. And them was the people who uh, just got out my seat for and thought them people were just awesome. And I look at Dan Byrne the same way now, you know, I think that people going about, you know, he's this, that, he's been found out. What an exceptional season at that time. What an absolutely brilliant season. And, you know, I, I look at when all the last few games has been all these fisticuffs and, and our players are standing toe to toe with everybody. And people go like, you know, on Saturday we're going to get kicked off the pitch in Leeds. Well, come on, let's see, let's do it because I think we're as good and as strong as anybody. But when I, when you go to a manager and you see someone like him, I think I think you know I read something the other day from Martin Keown where he said Arsenal away at the Emirates. I was at that game and he played hell and the tactics we employed and said we were disgraceful. Well, I, I was at the Emirates and I'll tell you something. You know, 
point blank, we did not get away as much with as much pathetic time waste. I thought five Arsenal players at the weekend were hit by a sniper rifle because they were just falling over and that was embarrassingly bad. Yeah, I wouldn't have liked that if that had been Newcastle, but everyone says we all do it. Where I'm coming from is is that that um, I think Tyndale. In I, I look at Lascelles. I mean, you, you know, I think he's added to my love for him when he's getting booked twice when he's not even playing. And I think I just think myself. I mean, all he was doing was just not grabbing the ball in a hurry. But who would grab the ball in a hurry when 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 you know the, somebody else has got to throw in? That's up to them to go and get the ball or to the ball boy. But you know. Uh, I think Pope has been treated by referees this season dramatically different to what the Arsenal kick was on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I think I think Pope's been booked time and time again for supposed time wasting. I thought that kid on Sunday was embarrassing. Um, so so I tell you what it is: what goes round comes round. Whatever Newcastle do, call it dark arts, call it weird, I call it jealousy. But I think Newcastle are. Uh, just being extremely competitive. Um, I think the ball's maybe out to play more because they kind of run it out pace and run it out pressing speeds. Newcastle's here. We're hurting everybody. We're two years ahead of our time. It's pissing people off. Get over it because Newcastle are doing what every black and white fan wants to see, and that's competing. And I remember when the takeover went through and everybody said, what do you want from your team? And the one thing I said, I said, I want to see us compete again. And I think we compete. I think the players compete. But I think I think where anyhow is, he's like a PR genius when, when they talk to him. He does what, you'll never get a reaction out of him like you got out the Strattons and the Kenny Dalglish of the world who tried to play with the cameras. Anyhow, just has the articulate, perfect response every time. However, there's times when you need to rough it up and gruff it up. And if it weren't for Graham Jones when Steve Bruce was in charge, there wasn't a pulse on our bench. It was all down to yeah. as I say. So now I just see I see Tyndall being the perfect foil and the best friend to have his manager's back. I think the man's outstanding and I love what he does and don't stop doing it. Tin foil. Would, 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 you, would, you, would you say, Keith? What did I say? What did I say? I was saying. I'm, say, I'm saying, would you say that Pope's been excommunicated by the refereeing fraternity? <laughs> what, what, say that again. Was Pope what? Excommunicated <laughs> by the refereeing fraternity. I can't. Sorry, I'll, get, I'll, I'll go and get me caught. He's probably uh, been. He's probably <laughs> been. He's probably been picked on. But I'm not going to talk about mad dogs or white dogs or hairy dogs or anything tonight. And I'm not going to. Okay. It's a blessing in disguise that you didn't hear that anyway. But uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, one, one thing I would add, though, Steve. And you know what? We're still one of the only t- clubs that hasn't been fined for indiscipline. So are they trying to get, are they trying to make another signal to the referees like they did last week about the time wasting? Is it more, is pressure now being put on the fourth official to keep his eye on what's going on? And also, I don't know, I, the, the other amazing stat that got me was Arsenal haven't had a player sent off this season. 
It'll be the first time, I think, in Premier League history that a team's gone through an entire season without having a player sent off. Um, somebody's come up with that figure. And again, where's that come from? Has that come from the Manchester press, who are now trying to put pressure on Arsenal? Does it come from, you know, who knows? But these these are... These, we want to talk about dark arts. This is the press dark arts that we're looking at. This is other yeah. clubs, the, the dark arts being being devised and being worked on on behalf of other clubs by members of the press. So I would not be surprised if it was just a, a little nudge to the fourth official to keep your eye on what's going on on the, on the bench, on the touchline. So uh, that's something that maybe people can can throw and, and, and give their comments on. But uh, nothing would surprise me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, OK. Uh, we are going to go for Tweet of the Week. And lawyers representing Steve Hasty have applied to the Supreme Court for an adjournment in the lookalike section. Hasty commented, <laughs> they are nothing like me. It's KP to blame. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> See, there's a theme. There's always a theme. Uh, glamping pods in Sunderland. <laughs> Very good. And this keeps running. Best make ourselves scarce tonight, lads. They'll be out celebrating after Sunderland, got into, after Sunderland absolutely. got into the playoffs. Absolutely brilliant. And Penny Mordant is offside. <laughs> <laughs> did laugh at that one, Rob. That was a classic. <laughs> uh, those of you who might have seen that Luton have uh, gained promotion. Uh, Luton Town are currently third in the championship and this is the entrance to the away end. <laughs> <laughs> I had a few of them. That was definitely the best one. Uh, this was great as well. Uh, it took me a moment. The window cleaner, Mr. Bit. Oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And uh, tweet of the week from Steve Brackley Mag. Uh, restroom is for eating customers only. <laughs> Very good. I bet Mitch can add something to that. Couple of rear end tweets now. Uh, they say a banana a day cleans your colon. Then I found out you're not meant to, uh, that you're meant to eat them. So <laughs> <laughs> window cleaner back. Oh dear. <laughs> and freaking hate public toilets when you go in and a vegan is left a floater. Uh, whoa, Black Betty, Bam That's very good. Anybody on you with knowledge regarding noisy dishwashers? I've tried flowers, chocolates, and wine, and she's still mine. I'm saying no. My missus really? is watching. Apologies to all women in the chat. Yeah. Every morning, Stan wakes up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> That looks a bit like George. It could have been looking like that. <laughs> and Scottish bar stool for kilts. <laughs> that would definitely be weird. Uh, a couple of musical ones now. Blondie roundabout, one way or another. I'm going to find you. I'm going to get you, get you, get you. Get you, get you, get you. And a rama lama ding dong. Oh. <laughs> musical one from Jimmy. Sinead O'Connor bird watching. It's been seven owls and 15 <laughs> jays. Go on, Stevie Race, lad. Knock it out, son. <laughs> uh, free grout. Le freak. C'est chic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, back at your Liverpool, said Moza. You'll never walk alone at the coronation concert. 
Oh, the irony uh, in response, of course, to the, uh, the, the Anfield fans booing uh, the national anthem. Uh, Princess Anne just rocked up, having overdone it on the Jaeger bombs last night. <laughs> and uh, another royal one. Uh, Anton Deck, which one of you did this? You naughty boys. Very good. <laughs> And Lozy, uh, I know a lot of people will think I'm sure enough, but when you work hard, you deserve to treat yourself. I can't <laughs> express the happiness I'm feeling right now. White was the only colour that I had, and I would have preferred blue, but it doesn't matter. I went for it, and I've just pur- purchased these four garden chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet it's called almond milk because no one can say nut juice with a straight face, said Tim. <laughs> Gandalf came into my shop, said Dunnell, and asked, do I get any money off for having this big stick? I said, no, I'm sorry. We don't do staff discounts. Oh, oh, dear. Thanks for that one, Dunnell. And never gave up. Uh, Charlie's failed defence class 14 times now, but he doesn't give up. What a legend. (laughs) And uh, Charlie says, if you support Sunderland, you probably have nits and stinker piss. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, when your cat finds you dead that's basically what a cat would do by the way that is brilliant <laughs> that was excellent and uh, the beauty of wearing club merchandise in public said Mayan Jabu um, said this gentleman identified me in a big crowd because of my polo shirt he told me that he grew up with Gail Big Riyama and that he has been a supporter for 20 years the Newcastle Uganda fan base is growing steadily Lots of, lots of pictures like that, but that is very good, mate. Uh, great results for Chelsea, said Harry. If they hang on, massive three points. They'll be chuffed. They've all but guaranteed their place in next season's Premier League. <laughs> and uh, I put up with all your shit, and the only time you hug me is when you're drunk. <laughs> oh. And the Black Garter at 9am, St James's Park, 4.30pm, and this is the result. That was Class that one. Oh, He's actually used one of war flags to wrap up in there. Wrap yeah. Where's the stewards? Was that, the, was that during the game? That I saw that. Yes, yeah. I saw uh, the video where he's, where, where he's moving about. So oh, was that actually bloke laid in there during the game. Where's the yeah. stewards? Yeah. Where is the stewards? Anyway, well, well, there they are. Not, there's the stewards. Well, they're not. That's the other set of stewards. There they are. And there's the kid. You seen the youngin? Aye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fan of the week by the, uh, a lot of people on Twitter. Parents today, text me when you get there. Text me the names of the kids who are there. Text me when you're coming home. Parents in the 80s. Bye. Bye. That's right. Well, this news has cheered me right up. Get in, said Rafferty's jukebox. Newcastle are the most disliked team in the Premier League. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Last couple. Always first with fact-based information, says Stephen Kennedy. A majority of archaeologists are women due to their natural ability to dig up the past. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, you're you're laughing there. Dolas is watching. (laughs) Disney teaches to uh, hate stepmothers. Pornhub takes a completely different approach. (laughs) 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 And finally, here he is, the artist formerly known as Prince. Charlie. <laughs> that was Twitter of the week from Rocky. Thanks, man. Well. <laughs> we had to finish. We had to finish on a royal one. Uh, but keep them coming in. Send them to me. Send them to Zara. And as people said on the show, um, we'll, we've trimmed it down a little bit this week, only a little bit, 
Uh, but thanks for sending them in. Can I ask, the man, can I ask an innocent question? Was that a King Charles Spaniel on the last picture? It probably was. Uh, <laughs> just asking. Now, uh, there, was, there was somebody who used to stand on our sidelines who used to say, there's a player in there somewhere uh, talking about Joe Linton. Well, he's been talking about Newcastle again, Steve Bruce Keith. Um, to be honest, he didn't say a great deal um, in his interview on the Manchester United official podcast. Um, this is, of course, the guy who, when Eddie Howe came to the club, he, he, he recommended him. him. He well, he, well, he's changed his tune because originally he called him the fella from Bournemouth who got a team relegated. Uh, before oh. he then started to take, you know, take the claim that it was him who suggested him, which is utter bull. Uh, but never mind. Anyway, he did speak uh, a little bit, and, and you know, thankfully from our perspective, um, Eddie Howe did come along. The fella from Bournemouth came and saved us from uh, the fella from Corbridge. But uh, a couple of snippets from it, he said he always knew that it was going to be uh, and would be difficult as Newcastle manager. But I was determined to take the chance. He said he knew all along it was going to be difficult, and it certainly was. Um, he said when he sees where the club are now and the quality of players who are playing, then they've done remarkably well. Um, and, and, you know, they've put people in place to run the club and they've bought well and it's gone from strength to strength in 12 months. He said, I am pleased. I am genuinely pleased because the city of Newcastle needs that. As a club, it probably needs that. But it was a difficult time when I was manager. That is for sure. And that is all he said. But, I mean, he was asked about Newcastle. So I guess he had to talk about Newcastle. Um, but you know he's you know he's always going to be he's always going to be judged and looked upon by Newcastle fans. And as if I see a few getting the knickers in a twist on social media already about it. But he's in what past. You just move on, Keith. Don't we, really? You do, you do. But when a guy is born in the region, um, so he's got a postcode like what you class in the Newcastle area, um, and and he puts a scarf on and 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 says everything I need, I can get it Sunderland. You set yourself up, you know. It's a choice you make. You 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 you're drawing a line, and so so that's a choice. He made a choice that day, and I, I think guess what he did was he thought, well, I'm not going to get the Newcastle job at any time. I've got the Sunderland job, so what I'll do is I'll knock Newcastle in the process. I, I I've got a great memory. I don't forget when we beat them five one. That he also had a, a he, he took he, he, the next. He had a song that he wanted to play against the Newcastle fans. And so what he's doing, he's, he's, he's caught in controversy. And, he, you know, he always made it clear that he had a tune, a song that they were going to play at Sunderland when, when they beat us, kind of thing. When you do that, because, because there's other managers, I mean, how many times you see managers that, that manage against the boyhood clubs and the, the, the act with dignity, you see players not celebrate when they go back to the road clubs. And that, these are all choices people make. But Steve Brooks made that choice. He made a poor choice because then, lo and behold, one day he got the job. When he came, I mean, I remember that as somebody who gave people more days off than any of the managers in our history. And I'll give, give a, a memory of people that he didn't develop. And in that, I put Shah, I put Joe Linton, I put um, people like Murphy. Um, he, I mean... For whatever you think of Fraser, he, he didn't he did zero with them and he seemed to improve a bit when when how came. But the biggest gripe I've got with, with Steve Bruce as a manager is what he did with Sean Longstaff. And at the time I was talking to the club, 
and I spoke to the people who, who were running it and I said, I said, you know, we're struggling week in, week out. And you've got a kid there that everybody, the players, were saying was the best lad in training. And that was Sean Longstaff. But both him and Matty used to go to the club on a daily basis. And I know this is fact. And he used to just blank them and ignore them. To do that to people who's 21, 22, 23 years old is just pure bullying in my eyes. And, 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 and it just doesn't lie with me. I just think to myself, I can't think of any staff. I've managed teams of, of hundreds of people. And I can't think of anybody where I'll go in. And just because people wouldn't sign a contract or didn't uh, do as... Uh, it's, I don't think it's do as you say. I think it's, it's, it's be, be talked into doing what I want you to do, when I want you to do it. I think what you do is you deal with that and, and sit them down and say, you know, what is the differences? Can we resolve it? But, but he just bullied Sean Longstaff. If ever you read you know, things Sean Longstaff done, he'll confirm it. And Sean Longstaff's mental health was smashed when Howe took over. The first thing he had to do was repair his mental health. And you know, anybody will tell you that, that, that you can never get a player to perform when he's on the bottom like that, that kid was. So, so I think that, that, that um, he plays the victim time and time again. Um, it's amazing how many clubs he's gone to and he stood and argued and chewed and nearly fought with his own fans. That's happened since he's left Newcastle. Um, he's, he's, he's done that, the two clubs I know of, certainly did at West Brom. And um, I find him a bit of a bully and I find him a victim. And so he's, he's not somebody that I'd rush. People say he's a nice bloke, he might be, but in my eyes he's not. He bullied two kids. If you look at Sean Longstaff now, uh, to me, he's the nearest we've got. To like a Carrick or a or a Milner, you know, Liverpool Man United. He's that he's that player that's unsold, untold. He, he, he doesn't get the credit for what he does. And I've took pelters for two years on here about what a great player he is. And when a manager sees a team skirt with relegation, treats a kid with that kind of potential like he did, I think the man's an idiot. So I've got no respect for the man at all. Sorry. Yeah, that's fair enough. George, Steve Bruce, he's not relevant in our story, he's part of our history now. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, I mean, I, I struggled like Keith to get past his great announcement when he took over at Sunderland. Best fans in the world, best directors in the world, best stadium in the northeast, um, best academy in the northeast. I've got it all, and I'm the manager. And and why would I want to be anywhere else, even fifteen miles up the road? Direct implications that Sunderland was better than Newcastle United. Yeah, then eventually yeah. gets the job and he doesn't retract any of that. He just <sighs> carries on as though it didn't happen. Uh, yeah. And uh, the, after, the minute after he walked in the door, I thought, this is an absolute disaster. I mean, he went to Hong Kong. We we're on Hong Kong uh, pre-season tour and he went out to Hong Kong as manager. And within get an hour of getting off the plane, he had them running uh, three-kilometre races in the streets, you know, just to supposedly assist, get them fit when a lot of some of them, the last thing they should have been doing uh, um, was run, running three kilometers in one go anyway, uh, not the sort of training they needed. And I thought, yeah, well, we've got a dinosaur, and that's how he's going to treat when he did. I mean, everything he did for me was, uh, was uh, out of a textbook, 50 years old in terms of training and so on. And uh, it was uh, it just so depressing, uh, and you could see you could see what was coming, and then he add to that the fact that um, you know he he claimed or tried to claim that he could he could get 
place to do things because of his man management skills. Um, I, I never seen any evidence of any man management skills with that man at all. Uh, and so, yeah, he's uh, he's gone, and thank goodness he's gone. Um, well said, George. Well said. He uh, he uh, he gets a he gets a raid out of uh, claiming all sorts of things as well, which which uh, you know even turns us even further away from us. So, um, I've no doubt when the book comes out, he'll have a he'll have a different chapter for Newcastle United to the one he's been spouting for the last couple of years. Uh, and I, for one, will not be reading it. Well said, George. Cabbage Heed says Michael Clark, Steve. Um, but yeah, he's he's back in the news again, isn't he? As I say, he's he's gonna answer questions when he's asked about things, but you know, it's it's not really relevant to us. I don't think it's worth it us working ourselves into a frenzy about somebody who's in the past along with Joe Kinnear and Alan Pardew. No, if he was if he was such a good manager coming to his so-called hometown club um and couldn't even achieve success. Very disappointing, I would imagine, for him. Um, it was certainly disappointing for us. Um, he, he was out of his depth. Um, he never really... Um, he, he, he went into a shell, you know, like everybody else at the football club did at that particular time. He never came out of it. He never interacted with the fans. Um, he was... He, he, there wasn't a... I mean, I, I hear people saying there's a warm side to him, there's a pleasant side to him. We, we never actually saw that as supporters. Um, it was never, it was never on the agenda. He, he always seemed to be in a, a, a blame culture, um, and it was yeah. blame one but himself. Um, and I, I, at another time, would it have been any different? I very much doubt it. No. You've used the word dinosaur. You've used the word old school. Um, for me, he was never a Newcastle United supporter. He was, he was very much a. He went, he went away, he went to Germany, he went to Norwich, he went to Manchester United. Once he was at Manchester United, that's where he was embedded for the next 40 years. And even though he, 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 he managed what, Crystal Palace, he managed, uh, did he manage Wigan? He managed Wigan, Birmingham. Birmingham. Huddersfield. Times, um, you know, it, it, was, it was always a case of, you know, his heart was at Manchester United. He was one of, he was one of the few, actually, um, at Man United, uh, playing-wise, that actually um, got into management and had relative success, if that's what you can call it, because basically he had this ability to move from job to job to job to job and pick up very, very decent money without winning anything. So, you know, good luck to him. He's part of our history, and and, and as far as I'm concerned, we're far better off now. Um, and it was... it it. it if he had anything about him, he would have been able to do something at his hometown club if it really was his hometown club. I don't think it was. Manchester United, for me, was always his club. Uh, I'll never yeah. change my opinion on that. I, I always feel that he had a close affinity, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's his yeah. choice. But and, and I've got to be honest, Neil, he never, ever, he never ever came out and said he supported Newcastle. I, I can't find I can't find an interview. He always used to see his mum and dad did. You know what I mean? So he's never lied about that. Yeah. You know, you, you, do you know what it is, though? Here I am being told, forced to waste more minutes of my time on that, that fucking nagger. Really? <laughs> He's history. And let it go. We should just ignore, move on. Um, and let's talk about Tyndall and his antics. Let's talk about how fit our players are now. Let's talk about the kind of positive things that we we'll want to keep rolling. Um, I 
really don't want to waste another breath on that man. One, one undying memory for me, just to go back to him, is um, here we've got uh, a match where one of the most expensive and talented <coughs> players in my squad, squad gets an injury and my manager's standing on the touchline shouting, Run it off, run it off. <laughs> well, he must be, he could be doing untold damage to his legs and knees and God knows what. And my manager shouting, run it off. You could hear him in the, you could hear him in the stands. Pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely bonkers. Um, but that's the way it goes with uh, Steve Bruce. Let's hope we don't need to uh, to talk about Steve again in the near future. Okay, uh, halfway through the show, and it's time for the. A big shout out to all our sponsors. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pays you go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. You can order them from their website, mrvicky's.co.uk, or by calling 01768 210102. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video technology. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. If you enjoy the show, please hit the little thumb under the video and like the video. Click share to share to your other social media or subscribe. Um, it's free and we do seven shows a week. If you want to become a member, you can click join underneath this video. There are different packages to suit all different pockets. And if you want to become a cult member, then put your smartphone over the QR code. It'll take you straight there to the website, which is nufcmatters.com. If you go in via the website, just click membership pack. What do you get for your money? You get a pen, you get a cup, get a membership card and a scarf and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, we are available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. And we also support the food bank on this show. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is where you'll find the match day bucket. You can make a virtual donation today. We've also got some events coming up over the next couple of months. An evening with Peter Beardsley at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets available from newcastlelegends.com. Or go to Woucher and get a 40% discount. Our end of season due is the 27th of May at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are at tenner from nufcmatters.com. An evening with Gavin Peacock takes place on July the 10th at Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets from nufcmatters.com for that event. And the following night, Gavin will be at the Tynemouth Surf Cafe. Go to their website for ticket information. We've got a vast range of t-shirts, merchandise and memorabilia available at our website. The Isaac t-shirt is doing well. Go to nufcmatters.com to buy one today. Okay, uh, as always, we have plenty to get through uh, on this show. We will be looking ahead, of course, to the Leeds game uh, towards the end of the show. A lot of questions already coming in for that. But uh, first of all, uh, plug your ears if you hate it. Keep your fingers out your ears if you love this music. It's the DIM. <laughs>
The day I met, we were asking to send in photographs of you meeting somebody from Newcastle United. And uh, Steve, hasty, thanks for sending this in. <laughs> Les Ferdinand and your kid. That's right. There he is. That was back at the old, uh, the old Maiden Castle days, Steve. Yeah, great, great stuff. I can feel a few. Um, I can feel a few lookalikes coming on for your brother maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Just a big shout out as well to Sonny, by the way. He's going in for his ACL operation tomorrow, so that's my nephew. So uh, good uh, luck, Sonny. Good, good luck, Sonny. And then a bit of bit of what eight nine months recuperation and get him back to uh, to playing again and uh, turn out for Blythe. So looking forward to that. Okay, the question is. Um, what kind of dog does your kid look like, Steve? <laughs> uh, I'm saying now, he used to have a he used to have a red setter though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quality, okay. Thanks for sending that in, mate. Great stuff. If you've got a photo with you with somebody from Newcastle United, past or present, uh, send it to me at Steve Wraith on Twitter or on Facebook, and we will feature you on the show. Stephen, uh, no, uh, we won't be doing any best ofs. Uh, we don't do them. Um, not not something I'm looking to do. And I think you know we, we tend to have the summer and give Steve a bit of a break in the summer. To be perfectly honest, <laughs> it would take a long time as well to go through all them dogs. Uh, put us in the kennels in the summer, don't you, Steve? I put you in the kennels <laughs> in the summer. That's right. <laughs> hey, we've um, just been talk- we've just been talking about Steve Bruce there. Hey, he could yeah. be in for a- in line for another job because he's just come up on the TV that Nagelsmann's not in consideration for Tottenham. So maybe yeah, Bruce Lend up with Tottenham. He's the, only, he's the only man, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's the only one. He is, aye. <laughs> uh, Bolgan Mag says, what do you think about leadership meetings that uh, Trippier talked about? Um, I presume this was uh, on one of those interviews where I, I certainly haven't heard. Has anybody heard this? Yeah, Which, uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go with you two guys at the bottom then. Um, Mitch, you go. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in that uh, performance, high performance podcast, we talked about leadership group. And, and that the individuals involved with the leadership group, which doesn't seem to be unusual with many Premier League teams uh, these days, but very interesting to see how people come and go from it and how people are involved in it and what they try and do and how they try and, again, be a buffet in the managerial team, try and sort stuff out for players, be an example to other players, be a shoulder to cry on for other players, be a source of help and resource for help for other players. Um, and you kind of almost wouldn't expect anything less from someone like Kieran Trippier to be involved in something like that, would you? No. Absolutely. I think the leadership group we've got was Trippier and Byrne, Richie, uh, Wilson and Lascelles. I think that was his. That was the mm-hmm. five. That's the five that basically are are, are the eyes and ears of, of, of for the players. That's the that's the it's the point of contact. It it used to happen years ago in in. Um, in squads, in, in the dressing room, you know, there's always somebody there. That, that And we've got, I mean, five characters there. Um, five characters yes. that, you know, very strong characters, very strong-willed characters, um, command a presence. And that's what that's what makes a good dressing room. When you've got people with presence, when you've got people with attitude, but you've also got people who are seasoned in the game, 
have seen everything, but probably all five see different things, different aspects yes. of what of what goes on, and that can only be to the to the benefit of Eddie Howe and Mad Dog Tyndall because that's how they read. But uh, great, it was great. It's a it's a very good podcast to listen it's to as well. Superb, I was very superb. impressed. Yeah, it's what's an hour and forty or something like that. It's that's worth right. taking it's the time of your day to do it. Yeah, it really is a very, very, very good and frank and open um, discussion, and, yeah. and and I think it, it's a, it's a great insight into the evolution in Castle United under the new ownership as well. I think it really is worth spending your time having a listen, and it explains a lot of the subtle things that you sometimes catch little glimpses of on the pitch between the players and things yeah. going on, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, okay, this now really, really, really um, fleshes some of those things out. And it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, I'd recommend anyone who has a youngster who's interested in football and interested in the career in football to listen to what uh, what Kieran said about his, his formative days uh, as, a, as a junior uh, the rejection, how it how it affected yes. him, but how he carried on. Yeah. Rejection from Manchester City, um, rejection of Barnsley, the rejection at Tottenham, even even though he was in the in the team and he played in a in a Champions League. Uh, I think he played in the semi final and possibly a final. Um, but the, the rejection that came when he said, all of a sudden, you realise with the manager that your your days are numbered, and how does a player cope with that? And it and it just shows you that you know. No matter what is a footballer kicks you and knocks you down, there's always an opportunity that, that's around the corner if you if you act right and that type of thing. And I think that's a that's another example of something that Keith was saying about about Sean Longstaff. You know, he was down on the floor, but next thing you know, he, he's back. Yeah, the the whole his whole presence is is now vital to Newcastle United. And you know, this is the sort of thing that Kieran Trippier and the rest of the team will have made sure that they've done. Over that, over the last eighteen months, two years and longer, to get players like Sean because they're vital to the squad and make sure that you know if they have problems. So, really, really good to hear. Um, and and what an inspiring captain we obviously have. And you know what, I, I'd I'd love to think that, and and we see it time and time again. Somebody's probably going to put it about Richie's out with, the, with a knee injury and his contracts up, and you know he would be great for for um, the youngsters moving on and, 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 and that type of thing. But in Kieran Trippier, I think you've got someone who I would really be pleased to see had a long-term career at Newcastle United and worked his way up because I think he's a very intelligent, very clever lad, very grounded. And uh, sometimes somebody like that uh, does end up making the best manager. Yeah, interesting stuff. I'll give it a listen. Um, just wondering yeah. if Neil's got any info on new sponsorships. I don't want to lose this comment, so Sean asked the question. I presume there's nothing new as yet. Nothing on top of what Stu and I discussed the other week. Um, but still, I can still tell you who it isn't, but I still kind of get the name of who it is. Um, my understanding is it's being held back until we know what our European fate is. And so that would suggest there's bonuses and other things tied in with that. Yeah. Um, you know, so Steve, it, it's exciting so time, Exciting times, though, that um, it's very clear from the club and from conversations I know people have had with the club that absolutely everything's up for grab and grabs and they're going to be very smart in maximising income streams over the next few months. Yes, George, go for it. Uh, just to go to the... Uh, 
this player group. Um, there was a player group where, when Ashley was there, and it used to drive Ashley mad, didn't it? Because yeah, it included yeah. the likes of Joey Barton and Steve Harper and people like that. Yeah. And it, it, Ashley was desperate to know what they were talking about. Uh, and that caused all sorts of problems as well. Um, but so it's, so it's not new. Um, and you can go even further back. Um, there was a senior group around the time that Joe Harvey uh, joined the club in the late 40s because he got into a dispute with, uh, with the management and he went on strike. He went on strike for nearly six months and uh, uh, it was the senior player group that got, got round and got work with him and persuaded him to uh, uh, get out off the fence and, and join in again. So so it's not new. It's, it's been happening for a while. But uh, yeah. It's coming. It's it, coming it, at it, all it, levels yeah, of football. It, it, but at the moment, I think, to hear the names involved in what they're doing is it just reinforces what we see on the pitch and off the pitch at the moment. You know, it's just great, absolutely great. Yeah, Keith Kieran Trippier. I think the most revealing thing that was that was put out in the press from that interview again, I've not listened to the interview, but I did see the reports about him coming in and taking a pay cut to come to Newcastle, which uh, I guess it shot Simon Jordan down in flames a little bit because he said he was only coming for the money. Only right. the money was you did you did right when you when you look at people like that to put it on in perspective. You, you talk about Dan Byrne, Trippier, Wilson, Richie, and Lascelles, and you and you look at them, and, and there's only out of them two of them starting every week. You with Wilson three, um, you know because he's been interchanged with Isaac. But Richie and Lascelles aren't anywhere near. It just shows the value in the dressing room of people who aren't playing but who stay focused and part of the group. And then from that, you hope what you develop is people that come through from behind it. So you'd hope that that five group, because yeah, I would imagine a couple of them might leave this year. And if, if they do, you hope the likes of Botman, uh, Joe Linton, um, Sean Longstar, the likes of Murphy and people like that. Because Murphy showed great spirit. And when the lads talked about in in uh, Saudi Arabia, you know, the lads on the show, they said, they said like, he was an absolute peach of a person, you know what I mean? He was a gem of a kid. And when you hear that in someone who's not been getting his game and then you see him get his game and perform, it just shows you that the camaraderie and the togetherness of the Newcastle squad yeah. is what is carries over the line. And that's probably why we top four is, is not just skill alone and not just coaching. It's probably that team spirit and the ethic that they've created. So you go to the person they talk about is Kieran Trippier. I think he's the single most important signing Newcastle's made in the last five years. I think he's, you know, he's oh, the yeah. one. He's yeah. the one that created everything. So we never yeah. underestimate that. Mm. And uh, when you look at him, you, you see Trippie and you think, well, for Christ's sake, you know, and I, I'm like a bit of a romantic. I look back to Liverpool of where there was like, you know, there, there was people like Shankly sat on that bench and then, then along in that same remit become the Fagans and the all them people they came through Liverpool's ranks, were part of that old team, the Sammy Lees and all them, and Doug Lees. Like, if you like, it was a production line of people that kept Liverpool at the top for years when money wasn't a deciding factor. And, and I, I just look at Newcastle and I think, there's got to be jobs for people like Trippier. And there's another lad I'll mention, we'll come back on the train from the Arsenal game, and uh, there was a kid on the, on, the pl on the train who'd gone from Newcastle, he'd He'd gone out the game five minutes early, went to the airport for 35 quid a taxi, was told the flight was cancelled, but it had been cancelled at two o'clock that day. He got a 35 quid taxi back to the train station, 
and then was getting on the train home. He had a seven-year-old with him, and the kid was decked out in Newcastle. This lad was from Portsmouth, obviously sound like a Courtney, and he, he sat amongst all as many Arsenal people as us, and he had this black and white scarf on. And he was asking, like, you know, how you get here and how you get there. And he says, Newcastle fans today have been brilliant. And, and he was talking like us in Newcastle. And he said, oh, I've just come up with a bear. And he says, he's Newcastle daft. And uh, he says, we, we get looked after. He says, one of our friends is on, involved on the plane side. So I thought he was going to mention someone I never heard of. He'd come up from Portsmouth because he's one of Matt Ritchie's best friends. And, and in the next five minutes, he talked about a bloke. He said, he's the absolute ultimate professional. He said, each drink, sleeps, breathes Newcastle. He has done since he come here. And he said, what Matt Richard said is, Newcastle's a far better place when you come than what you perceive from the outside. And he talked about a club that was just in his blood. And I said, I said you know, for me, I said, you know, his legs are gone. I said, it's like, he's, he's to that age when, 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 when you want him to be you know, the age of Longstaff, because, you know, he has a great heart on him. And he said, I says, but surely they'll put him through his badges and surely they keep him at the club, you know, and, and keep him in the squad next year, but then bring him into the coaching. Because if you saw Matt Ritchie on that bench and he's so instrumental, he's one of the five golden jewels of the dressing room, surely then becomes a natural. And mm -hmm. if you saw, if you saw many, we, we recruit an enormous amount of, of scouts Surely we need coaches, and, and surely, like like in the same way, Joey Barton still has an affinity with the club and the fans. Surely that Trippier and Matt Ritchie are non no brainers to get wouldn't, your castle. Wouldn't surprise me to see yeah, Matt Ritchie is our under twenty three player manager next. Season. Yeah, yeah, I'd love that. I'd, I'd love it, and I'd love right. I'd love Trippier. I'd love Trippier to to. Like, if he's 32, I'd love him to be looked after next year, the year after, till he's 34 year old, like Wilson is this year, you know, in, in the twice, like, you know, brought on and off with other players to so he lasts longer. Well, wasn't Eddie Howe talking about Richie again today? I'm sure I've seen something on Twitter yeah. where he was saying how uh, he's trained harder this year, if, if it was possible, than he has for Ed ages. And he was very impressed at how he, he coped with the, the training regimes. And how impressed he'd kept his uh, his pecker up while he wasn't playing, and and encouraged all the others. So he was, he was, you know, speaking volumes about Matt Ritchie again today. I mean, yeah. when, he, when, when he was injured, when I mean, like, trip when Trippy was injured, when Richie was injured, the thing that I like is they're on all them photographs, and like when Trippy went to dress with yeah. his cast on kind of thing. Yeah, you just look and you just think, you think, you know, they go on and say about oh, you. You know, plastic fabricated photographs, but for me, you know, that's why we're in the top four. We're in the top four because because we're getting the right kind of football, the right kind of people. So it's it's okay having a great instrument, but you can't get a tune out of it. It's worthless. That that squad today epitomizes Mad Dog. Did I say the second word? And it epitomizes Eddie Howe. It's what yeah. they've created, and they've created something special in Newcastle, and and then that's why it'd be an absolute crying shame if this team doesn't get Champions League this season, because I don't think as a fan base, we fully, um, early in the season, engaged with the difference between winning the Cup and getting Champions League qualification. One would be great, because it's been such a long time to wait. One would be an absolute leap forward in terms of stature 
in terms of kind of people that want want to come to Newcastle. There's there's, there's some players, be call them right or wrong, will only come to the Champions League uh, squad. And 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 Klopp said about it today. There's an article today which I tweet, tweeted where Klopp's gone on record today to say Liverpool will still be a great place to come to, but it'll be a lot harder if we're not in the Champions League. I mean, and I think good on him for admitting that, but it'll be a lot easier for Newcastle if we're in Champions League. Like, yeah. like inf- infinitely, you'll, you'll get more money, you'll, your FFP will improve, but you'll, you'll, the, the floodgate opens for who you can get. Yeah, this is where this is where when you're talking about Matt Ritchie, I mean, there's a couple of parts of this equation, isn't there? One is how severe has the knee injuries got? Second part of it is that his contract's up in the summer anyway. Third part of it is does he want to stay? Does he want to carry on in 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 playing? Is he does he see himself another two or three years as a, as a player? In which case, perhaps he doesn't stay and he goes he goes somewhere else. The fourth part is we're a Champions League club, so does he does he take up a spot in the in the squad? Um, all of these are, are are questions. If he's if his knee injury is severe and it's going to keep him out for for five or six months, perhaps he he, he changes his own uh, momentum and he starts looking at the sort of thing that's happening at Manchester United and Liverpool, where they've got players who can still play, um, but are part of the under twenty one setup and they're part of the coaching team there, and they're not a part of the of the main squad. I mean, um, I think there's a, the, there are at least two clubs that that I've mentioned there that do that, where they've got player who could probably still play, you know, Tom Huddleston at, at Man United. Tom Huddleston plays regularly for the under-21s. He's an under-21 coach, but he's still kept his, his playing uh, badge. You know, he's, he hasn't retired from football. He's still kept he's kept up as a, as a footballer. Um, and and I think Jay Spearin at Liverpool does exactly the same, coaches them and occasionally plays in a game where he's wanting to use that um, influence that he's got on the pitch to show some of the youngsters how he wants them yeah. to play the game and to be working alongside them on the pitch, not just on the touchline. So there's lots of things that can that can go on, but I think it all depends on Matt Ritchie himself and um, whether Matt does want to carry on his playing career and does he see himself as part of of, a, of what is going to be a championship, uh, uh, sorry, a, a Champions League uh, squad going forward and whether he thinks he can fit into it, and whether Eddie Howe sees him as being part of it. So this is where it becomes difficult. This is where sentiment goes out the window, and this is where the, the professionalism of the football club is really, really going to start to show itself, because we might all love Matt Ritchie, but is Matt Ritchie going to be one of the 25 who's going to enhance us in playing in Zagreb or playing in Barcelona or in Madrid or in Germany, if that's where we end up playing next season in the Champions League? Or are we looking at some of the players that we've spoken about in the past, Keith, who will be coming in and taking those positions that would have been yeah. um, either as part of a squad or as a as a first team selection um, as a big name? It must be a, it must be a more mouth watering prospect to do the sport you love, work with a squad that massively respects you and puts you in. He's like one of the five diamonds of the dressing room. So it must yeah. be a, a much more mouth-watering prospect to do that. Because alternatively, you could go and learn how to talk horse shit and get yourself on talk spot with a bomb of a horse. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah>. That's true. <laughs> or uh, with Martin Keown, who calls himself an invincible, um, yeah. but only played two games in that season, which <laughs> wow. uh, a, a very well-known football player often reminds us when we do a talking. Um, but yeah, great. You know, for, for me personally, um, you know, Matt Ritchie, as you all know, was one of my favourite players. Um, and 
sad to hear that he's injured and he's going to miss the rest of the season. Not that he's featured a great deal. I think what Eddie Howe made quite clear in the press conference today was how much of an influence he is, you know, off the pitch, what he's like at the training ground. Mm-hmm. And and he's been a big part of it. Um, I think probably go back to what Mitch and Stu have said on the professionals many times, though, and there's, there's no room for sentiment. You know what I mean? We can't keep all of these players. We can't keep Matt Ritchie. We can't keep Jamal Lascelles. Yeah, right. We couldn't keep... You know, John Joe Shelby. Um, we probably, as Eric Shun's mentioning in the chat, won't be able to keep Matt Target because he came here because he wasn't getting a game. Um, but you know, these these long-term players, such as Richie, Shelby's of course gone, um, and Lascelles, you know, eventually, like all these other players we've had in the past, they all move on. And and it's you know, it's football. Um, some may stay on, some might become part of the coaching staff, but uh, and I think there will be a shake-up at Newcastle behind the scenes mm. point with the coaching staff. But for now, I think um, the, the, you know the, the focus is more on on building things properly behind the scenes. But I think the other one, Stevie, like you look, it's, it'll also cull, and I say cull, it's maybe a cruel word, but you will cull younger players as well. It's not going to get there. If, you, if you're not Champions League and you've got a squad and then you become Champions League, the whole ethic, the whole squad lifts and the likes of Lewis, you know, mm-hmm. people that people that kind of ilk, Will will you know he was he was in demand. Liverpool watched him. He's fifteen million pound. Uh, another Bruce buy, and 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 you look at him, you think you know he hasn't become um, a, a, a poor athlete overnight. Let's put it that way. And so there's probably another home from where he could play more. And I saw something today where Darlow, where the, the manager of Hull, said, you know, with the jury still out on the centre forward who's on trial. Uh, who's on loan, but but as far as Darlow goes, I've made it clear that we want to sign him, you know, and they, they're really keen and they said he loves it here and, and I think it says a lot about Darlow's character, that he loves playing you know, how many people have we seen over the years sit on the bench and not you know, not get off the bench when the cut off would just take the wages and run the contract down so good on Darlow if he's thinking that because I think, you know, that, that, that that's an area that Newcastle um, you know, I, th- I think I think we need to get some competition, real competition, top competition, Champions League level for, for Pope, um, so that we've got strength in depth. If Pope gets injured or gets sent off against Liverpool, we're not panicking. But for me, there's one lad keeps coming up more and more and more. And Steve tried to pronounce it on his show later in the day, and he he struggled and jumped around it three times. But there's but somebody told us out and said they call it they call him Sulabalosi. S- that, 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 well, that's so, even worse than us. Said it. No, they call him so, so, so <laughs> and, and and so so I said, well, we're going to pronounce him. So just call him Sozobo. So you have like Robo or call him Sozobo. But they reckon that lad. They reckon that lad's been scouted to death, and they reckon he's so special. And they said, if you get him and Osiman, you might win the Champions League. So I like the, I like I like to keep I like to keep these names coming in every week. So you know you, you hear all these rumours, but. Um, oh, got like three that, months of it, mate. I, I know, but 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 the, the, it, like like I think we'll get. I think we'll pick three players up of of the of the you know the the Botman, Bruno, Trippier, Ilk, you know, like like three diamonds this year, and then a lot of youngins. But uh, we've got we've got a hope. You know, Champions League comes, the, the cuffs come off, and we've got to we've got to get a team out there and do it. And one thing I want to say for our goals. Well done, West Ham, because you know what you last night. They, they were a London team, and uh, they played last night, and, and it just went disastrously wrong. With that, the bottle of fight back, and the, the, you know they go into way like two one up. So congratulations to them. 
Yeah, um, from our perspective, though, uh, we uh, have a game to focus on at the weekend. Still got plenty to get through on the show as well. And it's time for Elliot. <laughs> My local pub's a bit rough. The first question in the pub quiz was, what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Elliot. And uh, congratulations. Um, the ball will be in the post this week to uh, Ray Burrah. You won the uh, Shearer Ball. So those of you who bought tickets for the uh, Alan Shearer Ball, uh, it finally sold out this week. And uh, Ray Burrah was the lucky winner. We've got your details, mate. And we will send them over to you in June. Course. We'll send that ball over to you in due course. So well done, mate. Uh, I'm going to give a, a shameless plug for this as well. Uh, second night of rehearsals last night went very well. Uh, this is going to be a rehearsed reading. Bend it like Bobby. Uh, cometh the hour, cometh the man. And just after the hour, the man did cometh at the double as it was time to bend it like Bobby. It's a comedy play. It's a rehearsed reading. The play was written by Jim Orr. It's going to be performed at the Tyneside Irish Centre, Friday the 16th of June, 7.30. Tickets are a fiver. And... Uh, they're available from newcastlelegends.com. Get yourself along to that. It's going to be a cracking night. Uh, I am going to take part in it. So uh, you uh, will get a, a laugh, if nothing else. But uh, I'm sure you will enjoy it. It's uh, a great play. It's um, you know well worth coming to see. So a fiver are the tickets, and they're available from newcastlelegends.com. Uh, okay, uh, getting back to some of the questions which I saved from earlier. Just a, a little one, yeah? Um, Keith, and it's does anyone want Sunderland to get promoted to get the derbies back, or are we happy to watch them still suffer? Keith, I want Sunderland or Middlesbrough back in the Premier League next season. I'm not, mad, I'm not bothered which one. I do miss a good old derby. What do I want? I'd like. I've got no problems with Middlesbrough coming up. Um, I'd rather sit in the back of the book with the sulfuric acid and pull me toenails out. And Sunderland getting the Premier League. Um, uh, I'd, uh, I'd be happier if they went bankrupt. Um, I've got one face, and honestly, if you live in Durham, you'll you'll know what it's like listening to them canter on about about you know playing shite every week, and just honestly coming up with drivel week after week about chopping heads off and crap like that. And then, and after a while, you get tired of them. They're delusionary. It's something in the water. And I feel sorry for the seagulls. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mitch. Well, similar lines of thinking, you know, all the actual fucks I give about Borough and Sunderland, I put them on a train and sent them far, far away a long time ago. I really don't care. I'm not interested. Um, what I will say, the only thing the Macrams will trouble from what I've seen of them this season, they're looking at that squad. Is when they go back down, is how few points will they get? Um, I'd like to see that that self-styled hard man, Luke O'Neill, try his little piggyback and kissing people on the cheek game in the Premier League when he's left as the only centre back in the club. They'll get murdered. It's too early for them. I, to be fair, and I like to be fair, um, 
what Mowbray's done to get them to the position they're in is, is almost miraculous with the squad they've got. Yeah. When you get into a playoff situation, it's a puncher's chance. They've got a puncher's chance. Um, and if they take it, fantastic. Um, but uh, let them do all the talking. We know where at where we're at. Let's just talk about us. I'm not interested in anybody else. Yep. George, do you want any either of the two northeast teams up? Well, I think I've suggested yeah, on other platforms that the only reason I would want them both up is political rather than just football. It, it oh, would wow. be nice to have a group of northeast clubs who were able to challenge all the rubbish that goes on at the Premier League in the same way as the group from the Northwest and the group from London do and all the rest of it. But apart from that, um, uh, I'm not I'm not that, that fussed. Um, I'd come up in a tradition where um, I used to love the derbies, and I think I've said to you on here, when, when I was a kid, my father and I used to go to, if I wasn't one before I was playing, when I was just a little kid, We'd go to St James's Park one week and we'd go to Roker Park the next week, just to yeah. see football. And 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 it was it was great. It was it was uh, part of my football education. I feel like you know we used to walk through the tunnel to Jarrah and get on the buses there. And the buses tend to be from Ashington, would you believe, going to Roker Park and get on them. And they, they knew who we were after a while. Uh, and it was all good banter. It was all all healthy as as far as I was concerned. So that little bit I do miss. The one thing I will agree with Keith is, though, is that um, having been county commissioner for scouts for Durham for nearly 12 years and been to little places in Durham that I didn't even know existed, you know, where they had, they had scout huts at the bottom of the lane somewhere in Anfield Plain or, or up in St John, right on the border of Cumbria. Uh, I used to go up there and, uh, and do their annual meeting. And it either used to be at the top pub or the bottom pub. And the only reason that was a, it was in one or the other was the top pub was the Sunderland pub and the bottom pub was the Newcastle pub. And that's way out towards Cumberland. You know, it wasn't... Uh, uh, and same with Barnard Castle. I used to go to Barnard Castle and do their annual meeting. And half the room in front of us would be black and white and the other half would be red and white. Uh, and, you know, it, it was it was amazing. I couldn't believe it was as... It was as hot as that out there, and it was everywhere I went in Durham. So, so I understand that bit from Keith. But as I say, there's a little bit of me that politically would like to see a, a northeast group that uh, give give the Premier League a hard time occasionally. I think, in truth, George, I think there's more chance that if some, I think the bitterness between the clubs is so big, I think that there's more chance if 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 they ever did get the Premier League, they'd vote against Newcastle. I think very lately. I think very the was the, the, the chip on the shoulders. I mean, they balance because they've got a chip on each shoulder, the same size, but it's huge. It's it, the, 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 the sort of the inner bitterness they've got over our takeover is is enormous. You, you, yeah. you wouldn't believe it's like an obsession. Um, I, I do believe that. They do more noise on Facebook when we get beat than what they do when they win. It's it's yeah. it's an obsession, and and it's it can't do the mental health any good. I mean, it's laughable, but but what I'm saying is that I, the thought of them voting alongside us is like me getting a curly perm tomorrow. Quick one from you, Steve. Before I bring a, a quick guest in, uh, just 
Legacy, London, Middlesbrough, back in the Premier League. Not, not particularly because I support Newcastle United, so I'm not bothered where they are. Well, I'd rather be where they are, perfectly honest. Well if, if there was any, if if somebody was pushing us and say, you know what, Steve Gibson's done for Middlesbrough over the last thirty odd years is absolutely remarkable. But uh, I'm not that sentimental that I would then want them to uh, to be successful on the in in getting back into the Premier League. I'm I'm a Newcastle fan. I'm 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 not concerned about Sunderland or Middlesbrough. All right. Anybody know who Wolves play tomorrow? Wolves. Yeah, yeah. Um... Let's have a look. Do they, do they, do they play Leicester? No, 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 no. They're away. Yeah. Manchester United away. Man, Man United. Yeah, oh, Man United. Who is going to be the most important person on the pitch tomorrow? In that game, do you think? Smelly Melly yeah. up the telly. Correct. The Here he is. He's going to be. <laughs> Melly is going to be. Melly. So tomorrow, Melly, welcome. I'm Hello, having, lads. I was having a coffee with Melly. Hey, Melly. You weren't far Melly, from my thoughts, son. Melly Barnes, a... Melly Barnes has, with his comrades from Ashington and surrounding areas in the northeast, has managed to support Manchester United um, at home consecutively for 33-0 years. And tomorrow the club are recognising him and his 54-seater uh, that go every every week to Old Trafford for the games on the pitch for their support. So Set the bus on the pitch? No, just Melly. <laughs> Melly and the lads. Just when Newcastle, just when Newcastle come. <laughs> I've, got a, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got them tickets for self and FC, have they? <laughs> <laughs> so Melly, well done, mate. Just have a have a great day for starters, mate. Yeah, um, well done, you know, yes, well, well done, mate. You know, we, we have a laugh and a joke we on here. That's what you call. You, that's what you call supporting you, your team, Melly. Aye. It's mainly um a lady called Margaret Walker from up in Berwick. She's the uh, she's the heart of it, you know. But um I've been gone for 30 years on the same bus. I remember my first trip in the Morris thousandth trip um, and I've managed to get a few I hope she's not watching <laughs> um, a few a few uh, old players and new players to, to do a congratulations <laughs> video to buy, you know oh, um, and you know what you know what's great uh, Richard Arnold Richard Arnold the CEO at United I emailed him and told him the crack and, uh, and it was <laughs> And it was him that actually got the he, he went above and beyond, you know, and got us a few videos. So top man. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that that's not why I invited you on though, is it? Because we were having a little chat and I, I just thought this would be quite a good one. We started with ticketing tonight about paperless tickets, actually. So I, I just wanted to bring this up. We were talking about Champions League, weren't we? Because obviously it looks uh. as if you know Newcastle and Manchester United, all Liverpool, we have to we can't discount them just yet, maybe after tomorrow's results. But it looks as if we're going to the Champions League. I just wanted you to tell the lads how Manchester United sort out European tickets because it's quite important from our perspective because, you know, we will have a fan base now who, you know, want to get tickets for Europe. What do Manchester United do? What's the system you use to, to, get, to, to, to be able to get tickets? And how difficult do you find it to get tickets to go to a Champions League away game? Away game is uh, virtually impossible. Like it's, um, I mean, I've I've got I've got a lot of credits 
so to speak. Um, so credits is what this is the thing. This is the talking point. Describe yeah. what a credit is at Manchester United. Good. So domestically, you know, like for a European away, every time you go to an away game, you get a credit, one credit. Um, so when the tickets are released, you'll get three thousand tickets. That's what you'll get for most Champions League away grounds uh, for the way allocation. Man United, they release them to people with 10 credits or more. And if they've done all gone, then it goes down to nine. And then eight, seven, six on day two or three. And then down to five, four. And then it only goes to zero credits if anybody's took them. It, it, it's impossible. If it ever goes to zero credits and you get on the website, um, you, you're in a queue of 10 to 20,000 to try and get one ticket. You know, it's... it's I've never been successful yet, and I've applied for, you know, like the shit games in Basel. I mean, Thursday nights as well last year. I couldn't get one. Never, never got one. And I really, really wanted to start building the European credits up more so this year. Uh, when my little one's been a little bit more older, um, and I still haven't been able to get one. So it's, it is difficult. Like you got, I don't know what you will do because um, you're not going to get in the Champions League. But I don't know how they're going to. Do you have a cup scheme, you know, like where you get your season tickets and you can opt into uh, FA Cup, Carlin Cup and, well, FA Cup and Carlin Cup at the minute, no. Carabao? No. Nah. In, no. In the, in the last 20 years, we've already made, managed to get into the, the third round. Melly, do the European credits stay with you forever or the time limited? Do no, you no, use you credits got, over time? Uh, you've got three years. You've got to keep building right. them up over the three-year period. Okay. So, like, when you get a year free, your, your, your furthest year back, then credits will drop and the current year will add on. Right. Okay. That, that makes All sense. Right. It's a great topic for you to be talking about. Like, you know, like, you know, what a great discussion. I bet you never thought in your wildest dreams you'd be discussing this, like. No, I thought, I thought, not this year. Hey, Matt, this year. Melly, this time last year, we were biting my bloody fingernails in case we're going to go in the championship. Good. Melly, I, I, said, I, said, I said they'd start the season, we finished third, mate, above you. But uh, good luck. Yeah, well, uh, Paul Gallant, Paul Gallant, a regular sharer of the channel, said we'd finish fourth uh, at the start of the season. He takes the credit, I think, for, for that. So well done, Paul. Right, uh, right, right, in the chat right, tonight. Right, Quick right, one, yeah. Sport. You know what, though? I'm just reading this comment here from Billy Miller. That's yes, a fair comment. You. Billy, you've got to be honest as well, mate. You know, if you look back to six or seven, eight games ago, he did look a championship player. But I think Isaac's brought him on, like. I honestly do. I firmly believe Isaac's brought him on. He's like... Because I, when Isaac first came, I was saying, oh, he, he looks like he's got something, but he, he, I don't know if he's going to settle in the Premier League. I might be a bit too quick for him. But then he, boom, hit the ground running. And then Callum Wilson come back and he couldn't miss. It's done in the world of good. So, look, I'll stand on that and say, like, I did think that he was a championship player. I didn't think he'd done enough for you in the Premier League when you were, like, in the majority of games. I know that, like, scoring goals is his main aim, but you need your strikers to be doing a lot more. And I just thought, yeah, there's a lot better out there than Callum Wilson, but he's proved us wrong, like, and I'm happy to admit that. Johnny Allen just put a message on the screen earlier and said, if it's 65, you're going on the pitch tomorrow, you might have a chance of winning because it looks like... <laughs> It looks like it looks does look like seriously, Billy. You're a good lad, but it looks like your backsides fell out a bit because lately you are bottling it, like, aren't you? Well, I, uh, well, you've got to look at it like I'm not making excuses because they're getting paid hundreds of thousand pounds a week and that that the, the professional athletes. But 
you know, the, the Europa League absolutely kills Premier League teams. Tomorrow it'll be the first Saturday at three o'clock kickoff that we've had. Um, they're playing Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and they're playing top teams, you know, and they're knackered on their feet. And we need yeah. somebody who's going to grind it out. Casemiro, 10 games ago, was absolutely fantastic. Now he's like, he's knackered. He's giving the ball away. He's lackadaisy. He's, he's lunging in. He's, yeah. And the majority of them are like that, you know. Melly's older than you, though. <laughs> <laughs> Melly, I, I just look 21, Keith. More, isn't it? 58th game tomorrow. Something ridiculous like that that you've played. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. It's, 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 off, it's the first time they've had a week off in between games since October. Uh, yeah. It's got to take it out of your name or who you are, you know. And and look, it's, you know, everybody slates Man United, but when everybody plays Man United, still, even though they've won, they haven't won the Premier League for years, it's, it is the cup final. They play harder. We play teams. We could play Southampton tomorrow who are new look and they would give us such a game because they're playing Man United. It's, it's a, you might we, not want to admit that, but it's no, true. No, I don't say anything to admit. I think when we play, we know Man City are way out in front and they're what we're all trying to be because Man City are the world's biggest club and probably the world's best Mate, club. mate, Keith, honestly, you've just lost any kind of credit I had. World's biggest club. <laughs> look at look at the only credit you get off your Man United away tickets. So be seriously. <laughs> World's Man, biggest Man, club. Man City. The gap between you and Man City is wider than the time, mate. Honestly, that's that's me being. And well, I, no. What 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 it is? What it is 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 money. That's that's mm, that's the only yeah, difference between Man United. And Man, what, Man what, City have got good players, but they've got naive fans. Man United have not got good players, but they've got the fan base. So that's a pretty you, good assessment for me. Uh, it was down to fans we'd win the league, but but the reality is is that if you said to me what you know when Man City did it, there was no FFP and they weren't you know they weren't caught out for spending whatever they wanted. We we can't do that. We've got to build ours up gradually. But but seriously, for us, for Arsenal, for Man United, Man City is the target for everybody now. Like I mean, do you know you know your FIFA fair player though. You know the kind of season you've had to to to, to get by it. Some of your players, I mean, you don't want to sell long stuff now. We I remember having a conversation, and I'm sure quite a lot of years were saying long stuff was shite. He is not absolutely me. phenomenal. Not me. not me. He's absolutely That's phenomenal. Not, and not I think me. you would get stupid money for him. You would get stupid money for a lot of your players, which would then free up a lot of money for you to go and get. But I said to me, yeah, father-in-law the other day, because he's a massive Toon fan, and I said to him, like, you're in a tricky situation now because you've got Champions League. You're going to attract the yeah. wrong players as well. As well as the right players, they're going to attract the wrong ones. People that want to cut at the minute, everybody in that team is playing for Eddie, playing for the fans, and playing for the badge. These money grabbers who lurch on, they will, they'll latch on, they'll come out, they'll disrupt the dressing room. So you've got to be careful not to attract some of them as well. Two things before you go. One is, is that I think that while Chelsea's buying them up, I think they're buying most of those players before we get to them. But the other thing is, it's good to hear for your kids' sake that you've got good blood in your family, your father in law. You know what it is, hey Keith. I'm going to tell you now. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, um, I've got a fight on my hands because my little one, he, he's six, and um, Newcastle's his second favorite. I've never had that. I've got eight kids, and I've never had it where Newcastle's been the second favorite team. <laughs> so I'm telling him he's got two choices. You know, he never brings a Newcastle top into my house, and if he does, he goes and lives with his granda. <laughs> if you give us your dress, I'll ring Childline later, and I'll get either seven. <laughs> <laughs> 
Melly, as always, mate, thanks for coming on and sharing. Right, good luck, lads. Good luck for the rest of the season. Money. See you soon, Charles. Take care, lads. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy tomorrow, Melly. Enjoy tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very it, much. You deserve it, mate. Steve, Steve, what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll drop you a link once I've shared the YouTube video that I've shared, and Great. have a look, mate. It, it's a great it's a great watch, um, for a great lady. And send us a little video of uh, you on the pitch, mate. We'll try and get it on. Good stuff. I'll Take do that. Aye. Cheers, lads. Great to have Melly on. Uh, good lads, and uh, interesting points he made about the Champions League uh, ticket yeah. scheme at Manchester United. Something which we uh, will hopefully have to get used to uh, moving forward. So, uh, food for thought for the trust and for uh, Newcastle supporters club and all the other fans who uh, uh, want to uh, maybe raise that issue. Okay, uh, fifteen minutes left, God and bless. it is it, it is time. So yeah, a lot of a lot of photographs sent in prior to me uh, me live where I asked people what they wanted on the show. So uh, first of all, um, this one uh, from Albert. Keith Patterson loves his wigs. Um, <laughs> and for Hasty, no, uh, I knew it was coming. Hasty and his brother. Hasty and his brother. <laughs> on the left there, top left, top left. Fantastic. There we go. Um, thanks to Toon Boy for this one. Hasty reflecting on Sunday's result. Yeah. With his uh, corona. <laughs> a few See, like that, would, that would probably pass the new like the new ruling that it's got to look yeah. like you. This wouldn't because you're not bald on top. My dog even trained him and barked at the word Mackham, Andrew Teasdale. Thank you for that. Um, nice hooliganism, Hasty. That's a cartoon. <laughs> it's not even, it's, it's a strange one. You've got a canny yeah. pocket. Okay. Uh, this one, Mr. Hasty, ready for the first paint, possibly one for Friday. Somebody sent us that one. <laughs> Got to be honest, we've been sent some really new dogs this time. Uh, Sam Chipperfield, Tony Blair channeling his inner Steve Hasty. <laughs> a few people said that before. That's excellent, actually. <laughs> Back to the dogs. Uh, guess who? Tune look like That's your brother again. <laughs> That's your brother, right? <laughs> and uh, what's going on with his hair? Um, Hasty's now influencing Brentford Football Club. If you can just see yep. where the arrow's pointing down, yep, there I am <laughs> in the background. Now, we've never had this animal before, we're, we're very strict on dogs now. But, um, <laughs> Hasty the yak, the yak, the yak. yeah, from Jimmy Moore, continental, Hasty the yak. And uh, Steve Hasty goes, People are now bringing their dogs to meet me at the football. <laughs> <laughs> that was Sunday at the match. <laughs> Anyone who's been the food bank will see the two dogs that uh, uh, get left there. And uh, the guy had a little puppy there. It was only about eight or nine weeks, and he had it in a little pouch in the front. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Lovely dog. I think it's great that they're bringing them up to see you, though, at the food bank. I mean, that's great. Uh, this one from Rita. No apology this week. Um, and this, these two from Rita. Oh, hey, Rita, man. <laughs> Uh, this one uh, from Sam Chipperfield, hippie hasty, to a lookalike. <laughs> I think he's moved on from the jail lookalikes to more sprightly. Uh, oh my God, it's Jesus, Jimmy Wilson. Watch out for hasty with this mind. That's idea, oh, mate. Look at that. That's weird. That it is. It's a dog's backside, but with Jesus coming out of it. <laughs> he's, he was also trying to suggest that it could be a hasty lookalike. So. God, no, no, I'm not having that. When was Hasty and Harry Enfield, said Stuart Hines? <laughs> ah, secret. 
<laughs> and uh, this one from Kevin. Um, the leftovers from a Steve Hasty haircut. Hey, <laughs> lad. Uh, Farmer Hasty. Yeah, I, I like that one. That's good. That's good. Show sure about that one before. Uh, vengeful Hasty from Albert. I hate well, Patterson. Albert sticking my face onto a picture of a dog. <laughs> I hate Patterson. Jackson Five Hasty from Albert. Um, um, well, what can we say? Spandau Hasty. <laughs> I told you this oh. is Meerkat Hasty. Oh, we're not doing dogs, we said. The coronation gave Albert a uh, well, we, knew, we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and there he is again, more last year. <laughs> Stephen Kennedy, apprentice, Steve Hasty. Oh, my <laughs> And dressed up for the coronation. That's, that's again, just Albert sticking me face in. Um, oh, my God, there's a Steve Hasty after a sex change from Steve Kennedy. <laughs> And Simon and Garfunkel, he's two lookalike. I'm not sure who he's got that down as. Um, he's oh. put my name there. Whether that's me and Steve Asty or Mitch and Steve Asty, I'm not sure. Oh, know, that's, but... well, we know George will remember those guys. Do you remember them, George? Yeah. Steve Asty from Stephen Kennedy again. The Three Stooges, that's right. That's right. Gordon Bolland of Bolland <laughs> and Steve Asty. <laughs> Oh, Jimmy okay. Moore. We're at the end of the hasty ones now. Sexy hasty from Jimmy Moore. <laughs> Quite what's sexy about that, Jimmy? I really don't I know. know. I I need... We're worried about Jimmy now. I am, yeah. A young war hasty's debut on top of the pops and a 3 1 penman. So there's a double, <laughs> there's a double header. All right. Uh, Manquillo and a young Andrew Ridgely. Not bad. Yeah. Very good. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Uh, actor Michael Mariotti and Mikel Damsgaard. That's very good. What is that? And Andy Carroll and uh, Billy Finn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Ten Hag and Paul Warren. Both look like Steve, really. Uh, that, is, that is close, that. Uh, Stu Penman getting in full swing at the coronation, said Sooty. <laughs> <laughs> And Stephen Kennedy wanted to know what happened to Keith if, uh, when he looked like this a few years ago. I tell you what, that's <laughs> my double now. Like, and Mike Gent, yeah, Max Headroom, and a boxing commentator. Yeah. Oh my god! Definitely. This one was uh, one I picked up on uh, Instagram. That's Keith, my mate, who uh, thinks he looks a little bit, or he gets told he, he gets. A, uh, uh, everybody thinks he looks like Pep anyway, so. Hey. Uh, me Steve says Wraith. Iceman. All right, Steve Wraith. Apologies for the uh, swastika on there, but it is a film. Uh... This one from Joe uh. Hop, George <laughs> and Sam the Eagle. <laughs> hey, I've made it. I've, fight, I've finally made it. Oh my god, I'm really well, famous now. Or maybe the Easter Island statue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm oh, really famous now. Shopping that. Yeah. Uh, me from Catherine Lundy. Um, I've had, had that one before. It's a different photo. This is one. This one's from Michael. Uh, this is his mate who is. Um, he's on his, he's, yeah, he's he's on his way across on his holidays, and he said, um, "Well, I got this weird message off him this week. 
and he's he's basically saying to us, um, you know, I'm, I'm off to see your kid. Any 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 like any messages for him? I'm like my kid. And then he, he goes, yeah, yeah. He says, um, you know, remember I told you a while back that there's this guy who's uh, who looks exactly like you. So Michael Charters asked us to give a shout out uh, to Hisaranu, who owns the piano bar because he looks like me. So there we go. I hope you're having a good time, Michael. Hope you enjoy your holidays. And last couple, Harrison playing solo and Harrison playing solo. Name look alike. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> Look at Amy, I like it. Something yeah, a bit different. Um, Where's Simon and Garfunkel tribute act ever from Jimmy? <laughs> that's good, that. that is funny. And the top two, Brian Robson and Toon Tipster's intro video look alike. That's brilliant, that. <laughs> yes, that's superb. Slowed that down, uh, slowed that one down to find that one. Winner this week, Ando and Chris Wood from Joe Hop. Oh, I Question, Steve. Is is uh, is Chris Wood and Shelby not playing in any of the Forest games? They're both injured. No, Shelby's. I think Shelby was dropped because because of his attitude. Uh, And Chris Wood, Chris Wood's injured for the rest of the season. Unbelievable. But yeah, that's it. Two look like we will trim the dogs down next week. We'll give them a full uh, wash and blow dry. We'll trim them down and we'll make sure they look like Steve Hasty or his brother. Are they all what? Are, are dogs allowed? Oh, dogs are allowed. We're just, they've got to look like them. So the strict instructions now on dogs, we're not going to do as many. That's the last time you get a massive amount of dogs. Uh, they must look like Steve. Uh, we're not accepting any faces superimposed onto <laughs> a dog. I think that's not a look alike. That's worse, listen, oh, I, think, I think that's discrimination against Albert. Uh, Keith, you don't discrim- need to- you don't need to worry, Keith, because if they kind of do dogs, they'll do alpacas and goats and camels and everything. You know, that's, that's right. Well, nobody, nobody on the live that I did complained about yaks. So no, no. If you well, can find a yak that I'll, looks like Steve, come, on, come on, Albert, lad. Alpacas next. Alpacas and camels and God knows. There's George. What. There's George stirring the pot, Steve. Remember who said it. Okay, Newcastle United take on Leeds half past 12 kickoff, and uh, we will, as always, go uh, to our two videos. Uh, first up, it is Paul with his Away Day Guide. Hey, folks, this is Away Day Guides. I'm Paul, and we've got Leeds coming up. <laughs> If you're driving in, good news is there's plenty of parking around and it's not too expensive either. Usually around £5. There's lots of car parks around the stadium because it's set up as a concert venue, international stadium, this and the other. The first one is one of the club car parks and that's at the postcode of the club, which is Lima Sierra 110 Echo Sierra. You want three words for where you want to be to get into it is random device gifted. Next one is Fullerton Park, which is actually handier. The postcode is Lima Sierra 118 Tango Zulu. You want three words for the entrance is hired copper spared. And there's quite a lot of parking as well in the pub across the 
around the old peacock postcode Lima Sierra 118 Tango Victor and your what three words for the entrance is misty drift spicy okay moving on to pubs they're not very welcoming around Leeds drinking before the game in a proper pub you're going to be looking to head to the city centre if you have come in by train and you've got off at Leeds Central Station you've probably done the right thing there's lots of pubs you might struggle to get in with football colours the city centre pubs tend to refuse entry including home fans on a match day especially immediately around the station further away from the station you get actually the better it is but I recommend a couple at the station first just for convenience your first one being the weather spoons which is in the train station itself on the concourse as you come through the barriers don't go straight out the doors in front of you turn left go past the mcdonald's down a little ramp and just before you get to the end there is what looks like a little weather spoons from the inside of the concourse but it actually expands into a much bigger one inside that's really handy buses from from out the front from the other side of that as well and if you want your what three words to guide you there lungs hobby flags will get you into the venue if you're driving and parking in the city somewhere your postcode is lima sierra one for delta yankee and then as you come out the station if that's too full go across the road and bear right you'll find another weather spoons five minutes walk up the hill called the beckett's bank that's massive it's over a few floors and your what three words for the front of that is narrow crowned plant a bit further away from the train station towards the river you've got air bar which is an old like mill style building from the front you go through it's like archways and stuff and it's actually got a little strip of river facing beer garden at the other side which is quite nice if the weather's good your postcode for that is lima sierra 2 7 echo whiskey and your what three words is take patrol jabs and then a little bit further up the road on the right you've got the lamb and flag also well spoken about by visiting fans and you can find that with the what three words of hugs rods wiring if you are drinking in the air bar or the lamb and flag your closest bus route is the 52 it's just around the corner your what three words for the bus stop is defeat edits pure and that will take you to the ground those run every 20 minutes and it's about a 15 minute journey your other best bus route will get you from around the train station area near the hilton hotel your what three words for the stop is parts hotel length and that's going to drop you a few streets away from the stadium to the southeast and it's then a 10 minute walk to the ground you need to cross the road and follow the other football fans moving up the ground if you didn't go there to start with your turnstiles can be found at backs bring crowd get there early keep your tickets well looked after we had a nightmare getting in the other season because some of them were damaged you're in the southwest corner of the ground and the view is yeah, okay cheers good stuff as always and now time for tune statue Hello guys and everyone watching another huge game for Newcastle United on Saturday. The first of the four remaining finals for the Champions League spot. Here is the pick of the stats for the game tomorrow. I'll start with the optimistic ones. First of all, we have won five out of our last seven games at Ewan Road. And we have drawn one and losing only one. Also, in 17 games against teams in the bottom half of the table... We don't have a defeat. We have won 10 and we have drawn 7. At the same time, we are still chasing our record 9th away victory. Our record is in seasons 93-94 and 2001-2002 when we registered 9 wins. So far, we are on 8 with 2 games remaining. So we can set a new record. We are also chasing our record goal scored away from home. We are currently on 29. In 94, we scored 31, and in 2002, we scored 34. So, five more goals to match the record, six more, more goals to break it. At the same time, some hour dice comes for his first home game uh, for Leeds, having lost five consecutive games in the Premier League, uh, counting here his previous spell in West Bromwich Albion, and his eight games without a win. 
At the same time, Leeds have conceded the most goals at home in the Premier League, 31 together with Southampton. Now, stats which are not so optimistic. Leeds have played four games this season when they're in the relegation zone and funnily enough, they have won all of them. Sam Allardyce at the same time has 13 wins against Newcastle United. This is his favourite opposition in the Premier League. And the referee for the game is Simon Hooper, who also refereed the new new game against Leeds and the two new loss away at Man City. So we didn't score a goal in his previous two games when he refereed. At the same time, Newcastle has kept only one clean sheet in the last 12 games, while we kept 12 clean sheets in the first 20. So this is a watch out. Let's win it. Okay, great stuff. Thanks to the chaps for uh, supplying the videos. No Joe tonight. He uh, ended up getting kept back at work. He had all intention on coming on. Uh, so uh, he will be back hopefully next week. So uh, around the board, Keith, what are you expecting and what's your prediction for the Leeds game? Um, I think it's going to be tough. I think it's going to be a hard game. Um, I, think, I think Fat Sham is a bit, of a bit of a clown, mate. I'm not a big lover. I think that might be tapered with his time at Newcastle, but I think any man that goes on has been out the game as much as him and gets loses his all-time dream job for trying to scam a quick million off somebody else. Just I can't respect. I just think his man's a nutcase. So he goes in there and then the first thing he does, he does a press conference and starts saying he's in the league of Pep and Klopp and all that. He's lost the plot. So so he's, he, But the one thing he will do, um, he'll, get, he'll get them fired up tomorrow. And I feel that getting them fired up um, is dangerous. I think it's one thing to fire people up, but I think that, you know, wouldn't surprise me if Bruno doesn't get crazily clattered tomorrow. Uh, I think he's carrying an injury. I might be wrong, but it looks like, you know, that's, that's a story. He's carrying an injury. He might get an operation at the end of the season. But, you know, you want long stuff in a game like that so that you can release Bruno further forward. But, um, you see last week, you know, there was a lot of fracas and arguing and spatting going on. And, and, you know, Newcastle are a tough team and I just hope we stand toe to toe with them. I think it'd be rough, you know, and, and there's, I hope there's going to be a turning point. Um, we've got a habit of, of going down uh, now that, that, that sort of we came out of the World Cup and then we, we seemed to rally and we looked unbeatable. And then we started getting going down, you know, teams like Brentford and, and Southampton and things like that. So playing leads away, you know, I think there's every chance we might go a goal down. But um, I think we'll rally. And I think there'll come a time in the game where the fitness in Newcastle and the class in Newcastle will tell. And I think once we rally that period, and, and, and I expect it to be blood and thunder for the first 20, 25 minutes. I just hope we can, you know, put our foot on the ball, calm it down and make the ball work. And, and and get by, you know, those crazy challenges and all the fracas that goes on. But I don't think, I think like Everton away, I don't think it'll be a very friendly place to go. I can say, you know, I fear there might be crowd trouble, there might be crazy tackles. After that, I hope Newcastle put the foot on the ball, turn it round and show them how good they are. And so I'm going to predict 3-1, probably later to score first. All right, Mitch, over to you. I just want to see your reaction. I want to see a positive reaction. If we show the right reaction, we should be able to win this game. I've seen all sides of Leeds, and I still can't square the circle 
That should have brought somebody in with four games to go. I think he's going to make a massive difference to a squad that is littered with mistakes in them and all sorts. I spoke to a lot of the Leeds lads here. They've been convinced for the last two months they were down. Let's help them on their way. Get the dice out. Get the dice out. Yeah, we can. A little bit of dicage. And the dice is... Leeds 1, Newcastle United 2. Okay. That's a prediction I think we got from Gibbo and Supermac last night. Quite a tight game. George? 2-0 uh, Newcastle. Uh, a hard-fought game. Uh, but I think we'll come through it because uh, we're, we're as tough as they'll ever be. Uh, and without the mistakes that they, they uh, make on the, themselves. So I, I, I'm you know, quietly confident that we'll come home with a victory. All right, Steve. You know what? Neil said he's looking for a reaction. On reflection, I didn't think we played that bad last week. And I know we had a long conversation after the match, uh, Keith. But on reflection, I look at the game and I think, you know, on on any other day that that some of those efforts that we had gone in, it would have been totally different, especially the early goal, uh, that uh, the penalty getting choked off and hitting the post. But uh, different... Different team. There's there's a reason why Leeds are at the bottom because they're not very good. Yeah. That's the reason why they're there. There's a reason why we're at the top because we are good. And you just had to listen to those stats that uh, that came earlier. Um, I watched them last week and I watched the, the, the game earlier in, in the in the month. And um, dear me, they're all over the place. They are absolutely all over the place. They they got two one against City last week purely because Sam in his first game decided to just. Uh, completely load the midfield and defence and he left the player up front on his own who couldn't trap a bag of cement and uh, they can't score goals you know that's that that's their Achilles heel has been all season and we've just got to get back to to playing defensively as we were not conceding goals and being confident enough to know and I think that the, that that team will react that our team are pushing for a Champions League spot I think the confidence is there, and I'm going to go for a 2 0 win to Newcastle United. It's going to be an absolute um, nightmare in terms of, of the atmosphere. It's going to be a bear pit. We know that because yeah. Sam will have been wound up, and I think that can, an early goal, and I think you can silence Selendrode, and you can turn it into not a bear pit, but you can turn it into an absolute mess for them because I think once, once they go back behind, I think you suddenly see them cave in. Hope yeah. you're right, man. Hope you're right. Two one. I'm going for to Newcastle. Uh, bring on the cat. Now, uh, I did have a tweet of the week to put on the screen. Um, where is it? Here we go. Another retrospective one from 2016. Decided to follow Steve Wraith again. Unfollowed less than two hours later. Has remembered what a self-publicising twat he is. I, sounds like you can't even that, Mark. <laughs> why uh, are you right that? Last words, last words for you, uh, for all of you out there. Thank you so much for this. 293 uh, new subscribers brilliant. last month, 299,500 total views, 4 million minutes watched. And UFC matters, still producing, still 
um, entertaining, uh, and big thanks to all of you for all of your support. Well done, Steve. Have you, a great week. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care. See you, lads. See you. See you. See you.